When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Pacific. Uh, I'm coming to you from the Stanley, where I am spending my birthday week. Uh, well, not week, I'm spending the birthday night here. But uh, SCP doesn't stop for anyone, least of all me. So, I want to tell you about a few things while I'm here enjoying my vacation. Uh, first things first, uh, patrons, you have until the 25th to give me your address or sign up for a pledge of $5 and above to get this month's postcard it's a really cool design called always follow safety protocols uh i made it myself i'm pretty proud of it has a giant tentacle has one of those little caution men it's pretty cute i think you'll like it uh so if you want this month's postcard make sure you sign up by the 25th five dollars or above and please provide your address second i want to tell everyone about this week's sponsor shutter now if you're a big horror buff you're probably familiar with shutter if you're not, well, stay tuned. Because you can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense movies for just $5.99 a month. That's less than $60 a year. Shudder has the largest and fastest growing human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. Think of it like a Netflix for horror. And it's available anywhere you want to watch horror movies. Your iPhone, your iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, so on and so forth. There should be nothing holding you back from having a terrifying experience this summer. I'm personally a big fan of Shudder because summer is the best time to binge watch horror movies with your friends. Uh, and Shudder has a pretty great selection. So whether you want to watch Dead Wax, Lizzie, Monster Party, or my personal favorite, Mandy, you're in for a good time. Now... I want to tell you a little bit about Mandy, because I think it's perhaps the best horror movie to come out in the last year. Imagine Nicolas Cage in a faraway, isolated cabin. Imagine Nicole kidnaps his wife. And imagine he goes on a murder spree to adventure. Well, that's the premise of Mandy. Throw in some heavy metal, drugs, and crazy violence, and a three-minute-long scene with Nicolas Cage crying in a bathroom in his tidy whities and a tiger shirt, and you have Mandy. So, if you're interested in trying Shudder free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com and use promo code SCP. Again, that's Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, and use promo code SCP. You know, for secure, contain, protect. And... On to this week's patrons. I want to give a big birthday shout out to Jamie Bell, TJ Hartman, Haiti Johnstone, Joshua Austin, Laura Cruson, Brian, Alexander Rodriguez, Catherine C., and Quill and Scale Designs. Thanks, guys. You made this birthday a pretty terrifying one. And with that, I'm all done. I'm going to go do a ghost tour at the Stanley Hotel. And you guys...
All right, that was... All right, that wasn't a part of my script, but uh, I think that fits well with this terrifying trip. So on that note, enjoy. Warning, the Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number, SCP-1936. Object class, Euclid. Special containment procedures. SCP-1936 to be contained behind a two-meter electrical fence, which is to be patrolled by security elements. The area contained is roughly circular one kilometer in diameter. Security cameras are to be installed to cover areas not currently being patrolled. Expeditions in SCP-1936 are to be escorted by an armed element as specified by Area 37 Security Director. Personnel are not to enter spatially anomalous locations without specific authorization, with the conditions of such authorization dependent on recent anomalous activity within SCP-1936. Area 37 is to be set up on the outskirts of the town to support these operations and to provide facilities for the initial testing and classification of objects recovered from SCP-1936. Once classified, these objects are to be sent to the appropriate site for long-term storage and study. Dead biological samples recovered from SCP-1936 are to be kept under strict quarantine and taken to Area 37. Summary incineration may be performed if the samples are deemed hazardous. In the event that any live biological samples are found in SCP-1936, investigating personnel are to remove themselves from the area. And Mobile Task Force Zeta-29, Mad Mountaineers, are to be sent in to recover and bring it into containment. Description SCP-1936 is the New England town of Daleport. In the year 1987, the town fell victim to what is presumed to be a highly destructive event or a series of highly destructive events over the course of several days. During this time, the Foundation was unable to enter the town or observe any event that occurred within due to the presence of SCP-1936-1, a gaseous area centered on Daleport that covered the whole town. For further information, see Attempted Expedition 1936. This anomaly is no longer present at SCP-1936, having dissipated a week and a half after its appearance. Dimensions of the remaining buildings have become significantly altered from the original plans and a large number of them have become topologically inconsistent. Investigations report spatial anomalies, including rooms that become smaller when they're entered, eventually preventing the occupants from moving, doors that lead to different positions at different times of day, and corridors that, despite leading to only one location, also lead to several different locations. No survivors from the anomalous events which affected Daleport have been found within the town proper, but the remains of a large number of Daleport citizens have been recovered. Cause of death varies, but it appears that a large number committed suicide. In many cases, the remains of these citizens demonstrate anomalous properties, presumed to be a result of the anomalous event. Some of these remains have included a smear of entrails and viscera capable of picking up audio-radio transmissions from up to six miles away. Sound is created through vibration of tissues. Subject was found on a small plant that gave out a small, constant flame. A torso embedded in a wall. Slight movement of the torso was visible and investigating personnel spoke. Blood continually manifests 15 centimeters above the torso. The body of an older male with both eyes gouged out. 
A steady stream of ash pours from the body's eye sockets, nose, mouth, and ears without any apparent source. Several human corpses discovered in a row on the main street. Flesh, skin, and bone have been removed from a circular portion of their foreheads. Skin and brain tissue surrounding the wound have undergone severe charring. At 1942 each day, several floating torsos manifest outside the Johnson Public Library, simulating the motions of running, heading southwest along Market Road. Three minutes after manifesting, the torsos attempt to leave the road and fade out. The body of a young female that floats steadily upward when subject to any applied force, regardless of the force's direction. Attempted Expedition Log 1936 Due to the unknown status of Daleport's residence, manned and unmanned expeditions were made into SCP-1936-1 to determine the safety of entering SCP-1936-1, ascertain the nature of SCP-1936-1 and its effects, and to facilitate possible recovery of civilians. These expeditions took place over the course of several days as resources arrived on location. Attempted Expedition Log 1936-1 Procedure Following the detainment of relevant witnesses and the establishment of a containment perimeter, an unmanned ground vehicle, UGV-1, was sent into SCP-1936-1. UGV-1 was equipped with atmospheric sampling sensors, closed and open circuit biological samples, including several Radis norvegicus, brown rat, instances. Video and audio recording equipment were also included. Results UGV-1 found SCP-1936-1 to be composed of sulfur, nitrogen, and carbon oxides. The concentration was found to be at a level where irritation occurs, but would not present a lethal hazard. Biological samples were unaffected in any anomalous manner. Video recording showed a smooth, waste-like landscape, starting at 100 meters into SCP-1936-1 and extending up to 2 kilometers from the edge of SCP-1936-1. At this range, radio communication with UGV-1 became degraded, and UGV-1 was returned to the SCP-1936-1's perimeter. Attempted Expedition Log 1936-2 Manned Ground Expedition Procedure 2. D-Class D-512 and D-513 were sent into SCP-1936-1 aboard UGV-2. UGV-2 is equipped with a higher wattage radio transceiver than that of UGV-1. D-512 and D-513 wore Level A, gas-tight hazmat protective clothing, and biotelemetry sensors during the expedition. Results D-512 and D-513 were initially taken one kilometer from SCP-1936's boundary. D-513 was ordered to de-suit. D-513 had been previously briefed on this and complied promptly. D-513 reported no ill effects from exposure to SCP-1936-1. Medical telemetry showed D-513 had slight difficulty breathing, similar to breathing smog. D-512 and D-513 continually reported flat featureless terrain while in SCP-1936-1. Unacceptable levels of radio interference began at 3 kilometers from SCP-1936-1's boundary, and UGV-2 was returned to SCP-1936-1's edge. Medical examinations performed upon their return to D-512 and D-513 showed they had not been abnormally affected during the expedition. Attempted Expedition Log 1936-3 Armed Man Ground Expedition Forward the following audio log is a transcript of an attempted expedition by mechanized infantry platoon Kilo. The platoon, the platoon was assigned six Piranha LAV-5 vehicles, designated Alpha through Foxtrot, with mounted environmental analysis equipment. 
Log begins three kilometers into SCP-1936-1. Kilo Actual. Kilo Actual. This is your mic. Requesting update on your status. Over. Mike, this is Kilo Actual. We're still seeing this terrain flat. SCP-1936-1 doesn't seem to have changed since we went in. This is Alpha Actual. We're not seeing any incline. Check your Mark 1s over there. Alpha, we're going down the incline right now. Yeah, we see it. Falling you down. Anyone else seeing the sky out there? We're getting a lot of red and blue patterns. Yeah. Seems to be screwing with the radio a bit. Not. Uh, CNC? Yeah. I think we're getting a bit of interference. Not. He said, Amen. May that heretic burn in the pit. That's it, I fucking hate him so much, I hope he dies a slow, painful death in a burning hole. At this point, two-way communications with the expedition team was lost, with CNC only able to receive messages. Sounds of a firefight and wildly varying descriptions of the attacking forces are heard. After approximately 30 minutes, the following message is received. Blarg, I am Cecil Wilson, the Shivering Mist. I am the new Hufta, currently covering the town of Daleport. While traversing my Ftaghu, your men have been attacked. Some have become Nyugha, but the rest are in safe hands. Evil has been summoned to this town by a society of Hlirghu. The worst shall be contained within me by Vogutum and Ranakk. But the town and its people will not remain unaffected. A great battle shall rage, and the victor must be decided. In time, those who can stop the Echie will be here. In time, and see the Hlirg Fmeliadk. Please do not send any more soldiers into me, as I cannot keep them from the Shogg. When all throb before the victors, I shall leave, and the Shogg will be yours again. I hope you shall survive it. Yehach. Closing statement. Unmanned observations continue to operate, but were unable to reach the town of Daleport. No manned expeditions were sent into SCP-1936-1 prior to its dissipation. Recovered materials, 1936. A large number of documents were retrieved from SCP-1936. These are assumed to have been written by the town's previous inhabitants. Dear Diary, Today, Mr. Sticky's arms came out of the closet instead of the window. It was even longer than ever, but it was still smoky. So when I touched it, my hand hurts. I told Mr. Sticky I didn't want any of his gross food today. And he got mad. He said it was vital for incubation of the lava. I'm really hungry, so I ate the gross food, even though it was green and squirmy. I don't like Mr. Sticky that much. Document recovered from laptop in a residence in the southeastern quadrant of SCP-1936. 
The following phrase was found in multiple locations, predominantly in public toilets and stitched in internal organs of mutated Daleport residents. I am sorry that I could not save you. Signed, Pangloss. The following document recovered from a store in the southwestern quadrant of SCP-1936. Running out of canned fruit, but I guess that's the least of my worries. There was some more god-awful screaming and shit out there tonight. Screaming started off human. Think it was Lily from next door. Don't know what it sounded like by the end. Never heard anything that sounded like that. Though I heard something trying to get away a while ago. It was Reverend Hawshore walking past my window again. Still ranting about God knows what. Managed to get a glimpse of him through the window. Wished I hadn't. Had too many spaces in him. Gotta leave. I think one of the big guys is coming this way. I can hear drums outside. I am the voice. And the voice is me. Security cameras and other video devices continued to acquire footage while the SCP-1936 was present. Video recovered from a ruined gas station surveillance camera on the outskirts of SCP-1936. Start time is 2139. The cashier of the establishment is handing a customer a plastic bag. The window next to the two individuals smashes, and an unknown organism enters through the broken window. Its appearance is unclear, as its center is surrounded by multiple tentacle-like appendages. It is roughly the same height as an adult human. The customer attempts to flee. The organism lashes out at the customer with a tentacle. The customer is decapitated, and due to the impact of the tentacle, the head is propelled off-camera. The cashier hides behind the counter, but the organism moves itself over the counter and out of sight, presumably having landed on them. Blood and viscera consistently splatter on the wall above the counter for the next 30 seconds. What appears to be an elderly human wearing a bowler hat and waistcoat enters the establishment. The footage becomes mildly distorted when the individual enters the shot, and increases greatly when it becomes apparent that instead of a face, the individual has a triangle branded into their skin. The first organism moves back onto the counter, appearing to be wary of the individual. The distortion of the footage increases as several multi-jointed appendages burst from various points on the individual's body. The first organism and the individual engage in hostilities. The organism appears to be in a large degree of pain when touched by the individual and attempts to retreat out the store. The individual throws the organism out of the store through a wall, creating a large hole in it. The ceiling is seen bulging downwards when the footage ends. Video recovered from security cameras outside of Johnson Public Library, facing Market Street. Start time is 1940. A speeding car is seen entering frame from the left, traveling along Main Street. The driver appears to lose control over the vehicle and crashes into a lamppost outside the library. As the lamppost is broken, it splits and buckles as a partially translucent spectral entity emerges from within the lamppost. The car's occupants leave the vehicle and begin running southwest along the street, away from the entity. The entity gives chase, floating through the air. This goes on for several minutes with the entity gaining little ground. 
Eventually, the entity stops giving chase and undergoes several changes in coloration. A blue-colored shockwave of unknown composition is then released from the entity and travels after the fleeing people. The shockwave passes over the people as they attempt to turn off the road, which causes the people to become transparent and fade. The following footage was pieced together from several partially surviving sources, centered around the entrance to the town hall. The exterior town hall is shown having sustained damage with the roof in a partial state of collapse. The front doors to the building are missing, replaced with a circular phenomenon glowing the blue-violet end of the spectrum. A convoy of vehicles appears traveling toward town hall at speed. The convoy consists of dozens of civilian cars and trucks, as well as Foundation vehicles matching those sent on the manned exploration of SCP-1936-1. A small number of humaniform robotic entities armed with firearms of unknown make and manufacture are seen running alongside the vehicles. As the vehicles approach the town hall, the civilians and the Foundation personnel disembark. The civilians move toward the circular phenomenon at the apparent urging of the robotic entities and Foundation personnel. A triradially symmetric organism, approximately three meters tall and covered in various technological items, is seen exiting the lead Foundation vehicle. The organism interacts with one of the devices and appears to undergo a series of controlled convulsions for several seconds. As the first civilians reach the circular phenomenon, a fractal-shaped sheet of motile skin jumps from the roof of the hall towards the crowd. Due to its low mass and high drag, this takes several seconds, during which the robots and Foundation personnel open fire on the skin sheet, doing little damage. As the sheet reaches the ground, it leaps towards the nearest civilian and wraps itself around the civilian's head. The triradially symmetric organism runs towards the two, rips the skin sheet off the civilian, throws it to the ground and activates a flamethrower, severely charring the skin sheet and rendering it non-ambulatory. The organism then indicates to several nearby stunned civilians to enter the circular phenomenon. They do so, causing them to disappear from view. The robotic entities and Foundation personnel allow all civilians to enter before collapsing inside the circular phenomenon themselves. When only the radial organism remains, it burns the phrase, Pangloss grants you sanctuary, into the stonework above the town hall's entrance. The circular phenomenon remains in place as the organism leaves. The manifestation at Area 37 of 94 live civilians and almost all of the missing Foundation personnel in the week following SCP-1936-1's disappearance is believed to be related to the above events. Individuals recovered so far have suffered memory loss regarding the events in Daleport, leading to no new information being gathered during debrief. While analyzing recovered documents to determine the cause of SCP-1936-1's arrival, numerous references were made to a cult named the Victory Society. The following note was discovered in the jacket pocket of a recovered body. The head and left arm of the corpse had swollen to three times a regular size. The corpse is believed to be that of James Curtis, who is a member of a local religious organization known as the Victory Society. What we need. Two trouts. A bottle of milk. Virginal blood. 
Where am I even meant to get that? Uh, to be mixed with milk. He who walks beneath dreams is into that sort of thing, apparently. Assorted souls, willingly sold. Alliteration's a big deal for that which waits inside the horizon. At least 200 beetles. Lots of ice. If Hoshorn thinks I'm doing the sculpture for this shivering mist thingy, he's got another think coming. Two dead bodies that have been dead for at least a year. Some human eyes. The blind one's meant to have thousands of sockets. I don't think a few eyes are going to do it for him, but oh well. Marky and Dan are getting the rest of the stuff. Laura too, I think. Hoshorn just sits at home with his books, though. The fuck? The following passage was written on the inside cover of a charred book, outside a church at the center of Daleport. The border of the mural is encompassed by Sivzlasar, the shivering mist that will descend upon the world during the time of awakening. The mist is all-encompassing, and shall act as a barrier to those wishing to stop the awakening, as well as confine the great trinity of potential victors. The three at the center of the mural are the great victor of flames, the great victor of frost, and the great victor of the storm. They rain down destruction upon one another, with their true names inscribed in unreadable, unknowable runes. Around the three are visions of the great battle that contain the majority of those that shall come to the realm, with Jur, the dark god of lamppost, the blind one, illuminating the way for his followers, who leaves tributes upon crooked lightposts. Jalip manifests as flies pouring out of the mouths of his beloved, and Bukurs to assist in the conflict any way he can, while Yin Yin, the Trempanner, frees his followers from the skulls of their oppressors. The shredded cabbage of misfortune will destroy those who oppose vegetable monarchy. Zin, herald of Marp, commands the army of Lepidotira to carry those away who sleep with the flowers beneath the silver ash in the dream attics of Inimitum. The voice of ages, though not visible, is omnipresent, represented by the yellow runes bearing his name hidden throughout the mural. Finally, at the bottom, the minor minions and deities pledge their allegiance to the three victors. Those who pledge their allegiance to the great victor of flames are tinted orange, the great victor of frost, violet, and the great victor of storms, green. Many, such as he who walks beneath dreams, his face a mere triangle, remain unaligned, and are painted in black, for they are opposed to none, and yet opposed to all. The dark deer de Max is shown the dark deer de Max is shown around the edges, forever excluded by the rest. Shilgorath remains, ruling his kingdom of two faces before he himself brings its downfall, only to be stopped by the great prisoner of the Dragon King. Twenty goats stuck together making a goat ball spin round and round all the way to the goat hell. The skeletons forever fight their final war. The conflicts of these minor deities will have little impact on who the great victor of this battle shall be. Several documents were recovered from what is believed to be the body of Reverend Michael Hawshore, the leader of the religious organization, the Victory Society. The body showed extreme spatially anomalous properties. It was incinerated after recovery and analysis. It appears that these pages were removed from a journal or diary, but their original source has not yet been found. August 1st, 1987. I am a little shaken up. The priming ritual for the One of Broken Nines needed blood sacrifice. I'd hoped anesthetic could be used, but the ritual didn't allow for that. 
child is dead now and it is done. Can't lose track of the goal. The child would thank me, thank me from the bottom of his heart if he knew why we were doing this. It's for the good of everybody. It's for the good of everybody. It's for the good of everybody! The victor shall walk from the rubbles of man and restore clarity to those who remain. I'm beginning to doubt James's devotion to our cause. August 13th, 1987. The voice of ages needed the blood of a heretic. I suppose it just means heretic in general. The voice wasn't picky about what kind of religion. James was not eager to contribute, but the fact that his blood worked proved that my suspicions were correct. A liar. He would have doomed us all in his selfishness. Things do not get easier. But my time is coming to an end. I've decided that we will not operate over the next two days. It will be a time for rest, so we can prepare for what is to come. I will welcome my death, even if it is not quick. The world will lie still again on Monday, and it will thank us for it. Additional notes found near the body of Reverend Hawkshore. The first of these appears to be a transcript from a speech made by the Reverend, presumably to the members of the Victory Society. Brothers and sisters, we come together for the last time today. It has been an honor to work with you all. I could not have hoped for a better group with which to secure the future of mankind. From the dawn of time, terrible impossibilities have spawned from the darkness between stars. Not hating life, simply being indifferent to it. We are as ants to these abominations, these demented gods. I use this term as this is what they are called in older texts. You will not find any biblical god here, or perhaps you will. I do not know. The use of gods here is this specific form of creature, born from the primordial chaos of this reality, not just a powerful being. Simply powerful beings do not reach the uncaring depths of cruelty and depravity that the gods do. They are so far above us that we are but insects. Accordingly, we shall look as such. In order to gain the forgiveness and favor of the gods, we must learn to know our place before them. Each of these things seeks dominion over the laws of reality itself, imposing the nature of their twisted existences upon stars and planets and people. The only answer to this threat? These gods must be destroyed. The slate wiped clean. We could not do this, by no means, no. But we cannot allow these things to exist. A kingdom cannot have a billion kings. We cannot kill the gods, no. Only a god can kill a god. We will bring them here and bind them. Bind them until their bloodlust is sated, until all but one is dead. Always a single god remains, the victor, who returns to whence they came as the only god remaining. But their primordial chaos eventually spawns more gods, more 
twisted angels and demons. And so it all comes to pass again. Our vigilance must be constant, for a new victor must be found again and again. We will leave a mark in creation, but it will fade. It will heal. Stand strong as our people have before. Stand strong as the near men in ancient cities did. Stand strong as we did at the gates of Sodom. Stand strong as we have always stood strong, because this must always be done. Fortune favors those who take bold steps. We shall become unified within Anamatum, entering the Somnium Eternum. May we be forgiven. The following section was found in the back cover of Hoshor's journal. And the victor shall walk from the rubbles of man and bestow clarity, glory, majesty to those who remain. From the red of my eyes I see them. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And they see me. I do all of it right, and this is repayment. I do not fear the rubbles of man. They are our glory, are our... I don't know what they are. I don't know what I am. My throat goes somewhere else. My throat goes somewhere else, and I do not like where it goes. In a war, there is fire. But here the fire is cold and sideways, and in the atoms themselves. In the mines even, because my head ache like a nut that is cracking because of the baby bird inside it. I must clean my wounds, but my hands are made of wire and cyanide. I can see them towering, and they are nothing. They are the shadow of the tip of a fingernail's fingernail. No, 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 no! To quell the titans for fire, ice, and lightning, we must eat babies and live happily ever after. It's not right. They're meant to be dead now, not meant to be here now. The victor shall walk from the rubbles of man, and others shall walk behind him. Video recovered from a camera found on a rooftop during an expedition near a church in the center of Daleport. Several entities of varying descriptions are visible engaging in hostilities with each other. Daleport's church is visible in the background, as the density of SCP-1936-1 is reduced for unknown reasons. A large creature of irregular shape, which appears to be composed of large quantities of stone, soil, and what is thought to be some form of fungi, appears several meters above the church. Cameras begin shaking at this time. A sound akin to distorted whale song is audible. The creature is estimated to be 50 meters in height. A second entity manifests above the church. The entity has a crystalline structure and a bright light is emanating from its central spire. A 15 second long screech is audible. Already manifested entities cease hostilities and quickly leave the area in a manner that suggests they are fleeing. What is presumed to be a third entity manifests, but camera distortion prevents an analysis of its appearance. A deep humming noise is audible for the duration of the footage, until it cuts out. SCP-1936 was written by Flame Shirt. 
Our host and narrator was John Grills. Alpha was played by Jesse Hall. Kilo was played by Pacifica Sobadiah. Reverend Hawthorne and additional voices were by Graham Rowett. Unknown One was by Jake K. Unknown Two was played by The Sky Above the Port was the color of television tuned to a dead channel. Girl was played by Claire Sutton. Agent was played by Atticus Jackson. Cultist One was played by Addison Peacock. And music was by the incredible Tom Rory Parsons. I'm your editor and showrunner, Pacific S.O. Badiah, and our producer is Tom Owen. This is a bloody disgusting podcast. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.